Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Well, it is my privilege to bring you the word this morning. The Lord has been talking to us as a congregation. He's been talking to us through some prophetic words that have been given in the last few months. And so I'm going to say it again because this kind of repetition is good. It helps us keep it in our thinking. But he's been talking to us about building, building us, building us because we are his body. We are his temple and the spirit of God lives in us. And he's been talking to us about that a lot. And you've been hearing some different things concerning that from some of the other ministers here. But um, we're going to continue along that theme this morning. And I want to talk to you about dwelling places. I want to talk to you about dwelling places. Did you know that God the Father is looking for a home? Now, he's not homeless. But he is looking for a home. And it has always been his desire to be with his people. It's always been his desire to be with his people. And uh, in fact, let's just, you know, for the sake of exercising our fingers this morning, let's start with Exodus chapter 25. 25. Exodus 25. And we're going to look at verse 8. Like I said, God, God has been looking for a home. Now, he's not homeless, but he's looking for a home. And in Exodus 25, 8, he says this to Moses, referring to the Israelites. He says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. You see that? Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. So let me point out a couple things. It's his desire to be with his people. He doesn't want to just come by and visit. He wants to live with his people. Hallelujah. I mean, that statement alone can help you a whole lot. He doesn't want to just come by and visit your life. He wants to live in it. Amen. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. And so he says here, have them make me a sanctuary. Let them make me a sanctuary. So he was asking for the Israelites to build him something that his glory, his presence could dwell in. 
and obviously there on the earth where the Israelites are, so he could be, his presence could be in the midst of the people. God of heaven wanted a dwelling. He wanted a, he wanted like, you know, when you go and you get a timeshare and you have this little place and go on vacation, right? And uh, some people do, some people don't. But you have maybe a vacation house or a spot up at the lake and yeah, and if you don't, we can trust the Lord for one. Hallelujah. But sometimes people have these places, right, so that they can go and get away from it all, right, and get out there and get to where they can just, you know, if, for example, if it's in nature somewhere, they can just be away from the busyness of life, the busyness of the city, and get out there and clear their mind and just breathe in the fresh air and enjoy the environment that's around them, right? little vacation spot. Now, God was not looking for a vacation spot when he's saying, build me a sanctuary. <laughs> he wasn't like, heaven is just so hectic some days. After a while, I just, I just, I got to get away. Build me a sanctuary so that I can come and vacation with you guys, you know, two weeks out of the year. So that, that was not his heart's intent when he's saying, make me a sanctuary. Right. Can you imagine if God just showed up at your door one day? There he is in all his glory, and he knocks on your door and says, Hey, I've come to hang out with you for a couple weeks. I'm sure the first thought is, What are you doing at my house? Then the next thought is, My house isn't clean. But what are you going to say? No? Sorry. You think when your neighbors or, I mean, your family shows up unannounced at your house and the first thought in your mind is, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're doing an inventory of all the mess in your house and thinking, where can I place them so they don't see any of it, right? That's what you're thinking. Right. Hallelujah. So the Lord is not looking for a sanctuary like a little vacation spot that he wants to come and hang out once in a while and, you know, have a barbecue and then go home and leave you to clean up the mess later on. Like, that's not what his intention is here. He wants to dwell in the midst of his people. He wants to be there all the time. So he's telling the Israelites, build me something, make me a sanctuary so that I, my presence can be with you always. I want to live with you. I'm moving in, is what he's telling them. Hey, I'm moving in. You know, have you had in-laws that maybe said to you, hey, I'm moving in, right? Other family members, I'm moving in. This is the Lord God who's saying to Israel, hey, I'm moving in. Praise the Lord. Now, this is God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And he says to them, build me a sanctuary. He entrusts that building to them. He didn't say, at that time, at that time, I'm, I'm making a point of that. At that time, he did not say, I'm going to drop this out of heaven, watch for it, 
It'll come down on a, in a balloon or whatever, and that is the sanctuary that I have built for you. He didn't say, I'm going to build you the sanctuary. He said, I want you to build the sanctuary for me. Now, although that is the instruction, and hey, they did that. They had a little tent of meeting, been, then they made the tabernacle. Then later on, as you know, history goes on, and it, you can see that David, at one point in time, they just had the tabernacle at that time. He says, I want to build something more permanent. I want to build something that is lasting. More, something permanent. Because, you know, in tents, they're moving around a whole lot. And David's thinking, you know, I, he's given me this great kingdom. He's taken me from being a, you know, a, a lowly shepherd and put me at the top of the heap, right? King of all of Israel. And he's saying, I've got to do something for the Lord. I'm going to, he's been, here's my house that God has established me, his house, you know what I mean, his kingdom. Here's my house. God has given me my house. And yet here's the Ark of the Covenant. Here's the presence of the Lord that dwells in a tent. going to step over here for a minute. In our lives, have we been in a place where we have allowed God to build our house, and yet we've kept him in a tent in the way that we've honored him? Okay, now I'm going to get back over here to my sermon again. Something to think about. So David says, I, I've got to build him something. He's done so much for me, I've got to build him something. He wants to build a temple. But God did not permit him to do that. That was given to his son to do. And as you know, his son Solomon builds this magnificent, wonderful temple for the Lord. Right? The most holy place, the holy place, the outer courts. You're familiar with that. And you're also familiar that when they dedicated the temple, the presence of God filled the temple his glory, his majesty filled that temple. His presence filled that temple. So much so, as you know, that the, even the, the priests couldn't even stand up in the presence of God. It was so strong in that place, right? His presence fills the temple. He wanted a dwelling place amongst his people. The temple was a little bit more of a permanent fixture than the, the tent for the tabernacle. Right? He wants a permanent dwelling place in our lives. Hallelujah. Now, Israel, at that time, Israel was his people. And he dwelled in his people, amongst his people. But that wasn't his best. It was a type and a shadow for what his intention was. Because, I mean, even when they were building the temple, he's, he said, well, you know, what is it that you can build for me? The earth is my footstool. Heaven's my home and earth is my footstool, and you're going to build a temple for me. It wasn't, it wasn't his final intention. Do you understand what I mean by that? He had more in store than just being in a box. Now, 
he dwelled among his people, but he had something greater in store. And that greater thing was him being able to inhabit his people. Not just amongst his people, but dwelling within his people. So, when Jesus was here on the earth, the Spirit of God lived in him. He said, it is the Father who dwells in me who's doing the works. The Spirit of God lived, dwelled in Jesus. And the works that you saw were evidence of that indwelling. And Jesus said to his disciples, you know, I am going away. And they were upset because Jesus is leaving. He's, he's the best thing that ever happened to them. And all of a sudden, he's going to go away. But he says to them, it's expedient. It's, it's good for you. It's better for you that I go to the Father. Because if I go, then I can send the Holy Spirit. His intention in sending the Holy Spirit, he said to the disciples, is not just so that he can be, you know him, because he's with you, but he will be in you. Until that point, he couldn't be in his people. He can be amongst his people, around his people, but he couldn't dwell in his people. He couldn't do that because they weren't born again. But because of what Jesus has done for us and us receiving him, being born again, now he can dwell on the inside of us, his spirit. Hallelujah. His intention was to dwell within us. All right, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's start at verse 19. says this, therefore you are no longer outsiders or exiles, excluded from the rights of citizens. It says, but you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, and you belong to God's own household. Verse 20, you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone. He's talking to us. We are built upon the foundation, we as his people, we as the body of Christ, we as the temple of the Lord are built upon the foundation who is Jesus Christ. Verse 21, in him, the whole structure is joined together harmoniously, and it continues to rise or continues to grow and increase into a holy temple in the Lord. Hallelujah. In him, you yourselves are being built up with the rest to form a fixed abode or a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We are being built together so that God can dwell in us by His Spirit. 
This is his intention. This is his purpose. He wants to live in his body. Hallelujah. Hey, you want to live in your body, right? He wants to live in his body. Glory to God. It's like purchasing a new car and then never being able to drive it. Purchasing a new house and never being able to live in it. He bought us with the blood of Jesus. He intends to live in us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Think about your... They say that buying a house is like the, you know, the, like this milestone event in a person's life because it, it's, a, it's a fixed asset. It, it represents this you know, stake in the ground. I, I've got my place now, right? I've, I've bought my home. Now, I may spend the rest of my life paying it off, but I've, I've bought my home, right? It, it represents this, this milestone event in your life because now you have a fixed place that's all your own. It belongs to you. It's your home. And then you take so much time as to how you want to decorate it and, and what you want to do in your house and how you want it to look and, you know, how it's going to look when people stop by unannounced and all of these things, right? You want it to be a certain way. You want it to be a reflection of how you are and what you're like and so that when people come and they see certain like, paintings on your walls or, you know, the, the type of couch that you have, they, it's an expression of you in your house. We are his house. Hallelujah. And he wants to express himself in our lives. In the way that we are as a body being fit together, he wants to find opportunity to express himself and make himself at home in our lives. That's what he wants to do. He wants our lives to be that expression where he can settle down and dwell and be comfortable in our homes, in our lives. Not just individually, but as a body. You know, think about, I know for some, this is more the case than others, but in your home, those days where you've been really busy and just haven't been able to get to things and, you know, things have started to pile up in places they shouldn't be and, and you come home after a long day and you get in the house and you're just like, oh, it just irritates you because there's all this mess that you have to clean up and you feel like you can't rest until all of it is cleaned up. You, you can't settle down and put your feet up until you've cleaned up all the mess. Now, I know some people are not like that. Some people, they don't even see the mess. They're like, oh. Dear Lord. They, put the, they put their feet up on, you know, the three piles of laundry or, you know what I mean? Like, in our lives... How, if God enters your life, what is he looking at in, if you are the house? Can he settle down and rest in you? Or is there a whole lot of clutter? A whole lot of mess? Is he comfortable looking out your eyes at what you're looking at? Does he want to see that? Something to think about. Does he really want to sit and watch six hours of that TV program that you want to watch? 
Does he want to watch that? Hallelujah. Say something father, funny, Brother Jason. Lighten the mood in here. <laughs> Hallelujah. He wants to make himself at home within you. And you think to yourself, well, I got all this junk I got to clean up now. Now that you said that, now I've got all these things I've got to clean up. No. No, you don't. Because there's this thing that comes along with his abiding presence. He brings all of his cleaning staff with him when he comes to your house. He brings his entourage with him. So when he comes to settle down in your home, he doesn't leave it the way that it is. He changes it because he knows what he likes. And he knows what you like, even if you don't know what you like. Hallelujah. So he might put up that vase in the hallway there on the, you know, the little sideboard. And you go, I didn't know I like that. But he knew that you would like that. He wants to furnish you. He wants to fill every room with pleasant things in your life. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. He wants to fill every place with himself. He wants to move in and get comfortable in every aspect of your life. The comforter wants to be comforted by being comfortable in your life. Hallelujah. He wants to be in there in every aspect. Now, He's already had a preview. You know, and those realtors, they have those little previews, right? And you can sit from your home and click a button and get a whole panoramic view of what this house for sale looks like from the inside without even stepping foot. Well, he already knows what you look like on the inside. Amen. And he's not put off by that. Amen. He's already purchased the house and he's moving in. Amen. He's moving into you. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, you might have him in the basement at the moment. But he don't have to stay there. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, if, if, you, if you rent out the basement, it's like it's a whole separate life going on down there that you're totally unaware of. Right? There's this whole thing going on that you have no idea what's going on. You know? A rent check just appears once a month. Like, you know what I mean? Like, separate entrance and everything like that goes in and out. And you don't even know. We don't want that testimony with God in our lives. He just comes in and out and goes in and out as he pleases. We don't even know. A whole separate thing. He wants to do things in your life. And we're totally oblivious, just carrying on. Maybe stomp on the floor every time it gets a little loud. Holy Ghost is being too loud to stomp on the floor a little bit. Him to quiet down. My conscience is bothering. I'm going to stomp on the floor a little bit. We don't want to do that. No. No, we don't. We don't want to do that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hmm. 
You're going to look at your own house when you get back after church today in a whole new way, aren't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. But your life is his home. He lives in here. And he wants to move into all the aspects of your life. You think, okay, well, why doesn't he then? Why doesn't he just overwhelm me and flood my life? And yes, Lord, here I am, flood my life. And you say that maybe on Sunday or Sunday night service. And then the rest of the week goes a different way. It doesn't have to be that way. Because we can make him our dwelling place. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Psalm 91. This is a familiar psalm. It's a good psalm. Psalm 91. Praise the Lord. Mm. Verse 1, Amplified, says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On Him I lean and rely, and in Him I trust. And it goes on to say a few more things. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it, but skip down with me to verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. Look at that statement. You have made Him your dwelling place. You've made Him your refuge. So Israel, he said, make me a sanctuary. And at that time, he was talking about a physical thing. Here he is telling us today, he wants us to make him our sanctuary. He doesn't want you to build something for him. He wants you to make him your dwelling place. Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Because he has set his love upon me. Jesus said when he was about to leave the earth and he was talking to the disciples, he said to them, it's better that I go because then the comforter will come. And he said, in a little while, you won't see me. He said, soon you won't see me, but in a little while, you will see me. And that confused them. I think that probably would confuse anybody at that time. We have the advantage of looking back and understanding, but they did not. So he's saying, I'm gonna, you're not going to see me, and then you are going to see me. And they're like, what are you talking about? He begins to tell them, well, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but then he says, 
if you keep my command, if you keep my word, the Father will love you and we will make our home in you. That's what he was talking about. His command of love. Because he set his love upon me, therefore I will. When we go and fix our thinking on him, we are setting our mind on him. We are making him our dwelling place. Now, you can't build him a little spot at home, right? In your house, this is, the, you know, the, this is God's room. And he lives in this room. It's not a physical building. You're making him your dwelling place. Yes. How do you make him your dwelling place? Hallelujah. Before I answer that, let's go to Psalm 27. Psalm 27 is awesome. Psalm 27. Let's start, I mean, the whole thing is really good. But uh, let's start at verse 4. It says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek, inquire for, and require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold and gaze upon the beauty of, and here Amplified says, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord, and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will hide me in his shelter, and in the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He will set me high upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me, in his tent, I will offer sacrifices and shouting of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. He goes on to say, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, and be merciful and gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. You have been my help, cast me not off, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. You can hear David's heart in that matter. You can hear what he's saying. Because there's one thing, one thing, singleness of heart and mind, one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord so I could be in his presence, so I can see how awesome he is, so I can see how glorious he is. Now, he'll look after me, and he'll take care of me. But there's one thing I'm asking. I'm not asking that my enemies be destroyed. I'm not asking for those things. I'm seeking one thing, his presence. This is how you make the Lord your dwelling place. It has everything to do with where your heart goes to. What is on your heart? Does your heart say, I will seek his face? Does your heart say, Lord, I am focused on you. I have set my mind on things above where Christ is seated in heavenly places. I have fixed my heart on things that matter, that matter to him. 
This is how you make the Lord your dwelling place. When times of trouble come, where do you run to? You know, it's one thing to run to the strong tower when trouble comes. You've been out in the field and here come the raiders over the hill and they're coming after you and you run to the strong tower. It's another thing to live in the strong tower. Then you hardly even notice if raiders come by because you live in the strong tower. You have made it your shelter, your place of dwelling. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, right? This is where we should be living as believers. This is the place where we should be, where our heart is set on Him, focused on Him and Him alone. One thing will I seek. One thing I ask for. Now, he's asking because at that time, he had to physically go into the presence of the Lord. He had to go into the temple to be there at the time David was writing that psalm. But for you and I, he's here. We are his temple. He lives here. His presence is accessible to us day and night. There is no reason for you to be shut out of the presence of God. His presence is accessible to you His presence is accessible to you at the turning of your thoughts towards Him. That's how close He is to you. He promised you. He said, said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, even to the end of the age. I'll never leave you. So you are never alone. He is always there. And His presence is so accessible that all it takes is turning your thoughts towards Him. That's all it takes. Can you imagine? If that's what it takes to enter his presence, is the turning of your heart towards him. Do you think you could live in that place? Where in your heart, it's fixed on him? Because if you live in that place, then you have made the Lord your dwelling place. If your heart is fixed on him, if he is the focus and the center of your attention, and your heart is fixed there, unmoved, unchanged, then you have made him your dwelling place. You have made his presence the place in which you live and dwell and move, the place from which you live. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. A little bit of a story. There was a... There's a a monk, a Catholic monk in the 1600s. And his name was, uh, he's known by Brother Lawrence. He's this Catholic monk. And he had used to, uh, he used to be a soldier before he went into the, into the monastery and became a monk. And as a soldier, he had, you know, been in battle and seen lots of war and that kind of thing. And he had decided, I've had enough of this, I don't want anything to do with that. And so for him, the answer there was to go into the monastery, right, and to to just to devote his life to God. Now, let me just make this point. In you devoting your life to God, you don't have to go into a monastery, okay? That was his understanding of what needed to be done at that time. Now, he went into this monastery, and he, he came with this thought and attitude in his mind. He said, Lord, my life has been so wicked and evil 
and I have literally nothing to offer you. You are so awesome and so good and so holy, so magnificent, so loving, so gracious, so kind. I have nothing to offer you. I don't have any special talents. I don't have anything that I could say I can do this for you because I'm good at this. He says, I have nothing to offer you except one thing. He said in his heart to the Lord, I will continually seek you. I will continually have the thought of you in my mind and upon my heart. That's what, that will be my offering of service to you. That's what I will do. So he's thinking, I'm not talented. I can't preach. I can't teach. I can't, you know, there, he's looking at his natural abilities and thinking to himself, I've got nothing to offer. So the only thing I can offer to the Lord is my attention, my heart. I'll offer that. And that's what he did. Faithfully. He would say that whenever his mind, just through natural duties, his mind would stray to natural things. And if it didn't demand his immediate attention, he would redirect his thoughts towards the Lord. And just think on the Lord. How good he is. How wonderful he is. How awesome he is. He would think about the Lord. You know, and then life goes on. He's even in the kitchen. He's cooking and doing, making food for the rest of the monks. And he'd find something happening that would try to get his attention. And it doesn't need to. It was a distraction. So he would resist the distraction and set his mind on the Lord. Think about him. That was his service unto the Lord. And in a short amount of time, he began to notice how real God became to him. God became so real to him. And the only reason we know about him today is because other people started to recognize there's something different about Brother Lawrence. They started to come up to him and ask him, and they would say, I don't, I don't know what this is, but there's something about you and your life that there's just this holiness that comes out of you. There's just this gentleness that comes out of you. There's just this life about you. And I don't, I don't know where, where it's coming from. What is it that you're doing? So, the, you know, the rest of the, the Catholics, monks there, are thinking like, are you, you know, doing double the amount of rosaries and they're they're thinking about the things that they need to do to access the presence of God what do i need to do to get into the presence of God and you know i know that that is something that people have, born again believers in their heart they say that what do i need to do to get into the presence of God What do I need? Do I need to pray for 15 hours? What do I need to do to get into the presence of God? Do I have to live a certain regimented, holy lifestyle in order to qualify to enter in the presence of God? What do I need to do to get into his presence? So they would ask him, what is it that you do? There is such presence about your life. That we know that God is with you. 
what do you do? And all he could tell them was, I just think on him. I just focus on him. I look to him. I wait upon him. I offer up me to him so that he can make me what he wants me to be. So that he can make me what he wants me to be. And that is what we need to say in our lives. Lord, I'm available. Move into this house. Now he's already in you, but you understand. Make me what you want me to be. It's not about how many hours of prayer and Bible study I do, although though we should. We should still do those things. But it's not dependent on that. It should be because we're, we're, we're locked in and focused on one thing, Him. I'm going to seek His face in the Bible. I'm going to seek His face when I pray. I'm going to seek His face when I'm out ministering to other people. I'm going to seek His face when I'm, I'm amongst the brethren. I'm going to seek His face in all of these places because I want one thing. I want to be in His presence continually, forever permanently. In the Old Testament, he dwelled in a tent. There was no permanent abode. But you are his permanent abode, his permanent dwelling place. And his presence is our permanent dwelling place. Oh, hallelujah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. All right. Do you also sense the sweetness of his presence, the tenderness of his presence in this place at the moment? He is here in our midst. You know that. He said, wherever two or three or more are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. And he is here. And he is in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to see the Lord's desire for a dwelling place to be fulfilled in my life and in yours. If he wants a house, let's build him a house. If he wants to live in our lives, let's let him live in our lives. Let's build him a house. How are we going to do that? By looking to him. By letting our heart be fixed on him. Hallelujah. You know when your heart, where your heart is, or where your treasure is, I should say, there your heart will be also. Is he your treasure? Is his presence valuable to you? Because if it is, that's where your heart will be. Do his things matter to you? Because if they do, that's where your heart will be. The only service that we can offer him 
is the kind of service that comes from within. You can do a lot of things, and he appreciates the things that we do outwardly, but it's the service of our heart towards him that matters the most. Hallelujah. I'm looking for a verse. Perhaps one of you can help me find it so that we can give the reference. But I'll tell you this. It's what Jesus was saying is that he's talking about his servants will be with him where he is. Come on. It's in John 14, 15, and 16. So it's 1226? Thank you. Let's look there. John. John 26. Uh, sorry, John 12, verse 26. Says this, If anyone serves me, he must continue to follow me. And wherever I am, there will my servant be also. I want to be where he is. Is that what your heart says? I want to be where he is. I'm going to follow after. I'm going to serve him and follow after him with my heart because where he is, I want to be there. Where he is, I want to be. Hallelujah. These things that I've been talking to you about this morning, I know we've gone a little bit over time, but please, it's very important. There are some answers here for you. There are some answers here. I can tell you that when I was talking to you about that Brother Lawrence testimony there about his life, it came at a point in time that it, it just absolutely changed the way that I thought about things. Because I was always thinking that I've got to do all these things to, to get to a place where I can be in his, more in his, pre, in his presence more. You know what I'm saying? I recognize his presence is the place I want to be. I don't want to just visit. I want to live there. I don't want to just visit his presence. I want to he doesn't want to just visit you. He wants to live in you. And you don't want to just visit his presence. You want to live there. So how do I live in his presence? How do I? And, and at the time, I, I was thinking there's all these things I got to maintain that I have to do with my own effort to keep me in the place where his presence can stay with me. Otherwise, it might go away. I gotta live, I gotta be a certain way so that he can I can stay in his presence. So this this testimony of brother, uh, brother Lawrence really helped me because I realized it was not a matter of trying to do all of these things. It was a matter of turning my attention to him, focusing on him. There are so many things in the world that distract. 
So many things in the world that distract, that are vying for your attention. Not all of them are bad. But where does your heart go to? Does he have your attention? (laughs) Does he have your attention or is he just that noisy person in the basement? You're like, just be quiet. Maybe he's trying to get your attention. Does he have it? Hallelujah. This morning, well, technically this afternoon now, I want you to hear the answers to questions that you've had. How do I get into his presence? How do I make him my dwelling place? The answer is you focus on him. You look to him. You let your heart go to him. That's it. He's not requiring anything more. He's not requiring anything else. Just that. And you know what? That's the only thing that you can do for him. You can build him a tabernacle. He's the creator of all things. Right? Yeah, build him a house. He built everything that allows you to build a house. How can you build him a house? By giving him your heart, your attention, your focus. And then you become his house. Hallelujah. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Shalane, when you have a moment and feel so inclined to come up and play softly in the background... Let's just take a moment to bow our heads quietly and put into practice what we've been hearing this morning and focus in on Him and and open up your heart to Him. Father, thank You. Thank You. Thank You for opening up the way so that the only thing that needs to be done to enter Your presence is directing our attention and our hearts towards You. That's it. Father, thank you, thank you that we can live in your presence continually. I thank you for the work that you're doing in the hearts of all of us. Helping us see clearly. Helping us understand how much you have desired for us to dwell together. You have desired this. And it's our desire that it may be done in our lives today. Let's just take a moment to worship the Lord and not be in a rush to to go home, but recognize that His presence is our home and that one day we will be in His presence forever, permanently. Let's worship Him.
his presence, there is no sickness and disease. In his presence, there is no lack. In his presence, there is no emotional difficulty, but only life and fullness thereof. Father, I thank you that today people will notice symptoms disappearing from their bodies. Symptoms of ill, illness, symptoms disappearing from their bodies because of your presence in their heart and in their life. Father, I thank you that hearts will begin to recognize that they have been mended, that they have been healed. They'll recognize that you have been working, healing the heart of your people. Lord, we love your presence. There's no place we would rather be. Jason talked about turning ourselves to him and allowing God to come and dwell in us. Um, when God was rebuilding me back in 2013, I spent a lot of time going over this scripture that I'm about to share with you. It's in Proverbs 24. And it's uh, verses 3 and 4. It says, Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding is it established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. The funny thing is, is that back in 2013, I was using and standing in the scripture that our home would be rebuilt, our marriage would be rebuilt, and all that kind of stuff. But I, the Lord showed it to me in a different light this morning. You see, through his wisdom will the house be built on the inside of us where he can dwell. Through our understanding, through turning our hearts towards him and getting that understanding of him, that house shall be established on the inside of us. Oh, glory to God. And by the knowledge of him, Shall every chamber of our lives, every aspect of our lives, every part of our life be filled with the precious and pleasant riches of his glory. 
and his grace and his mercy. Oh, hallelujah. That's what he wants to do on the inside of us. That's what he wants to propagate on the inside of us. That's what he wants to happen on the inside of us. And all it takes is a turn and a step toward him. That's it. A turn and a step towards him. I've been saying a lot and I've been having a hard time describing it lately, but God's waiting there and it's like there's this he's so excited to become part of every aspect of your life that I liken it to um, I don't know some mechanism that has fluid on one side of it and it's got this diaphragm this, this part that's holding that fluid there but there's a lot of pressure there and that pressure the fluid just wants to get through that diaphragm onto the other side and we have the ability to open up that diaphragm and let that fluid God, the Holy Spirit flow into us and through us and all it takes is a turn a yes and a step toward him it's that simple Watch those floodgates open. Him permeate every aspect of your life. And watch that home that he wants to dwell on the inside of you grow and flourish. To the point where you can't even contain it anymore. Like Denny was talking about in his testimony. He wants to be filled with God to a point where it just comes out of him in every aspect. <laughs> the fact is, is that it already is coming out of him in every aspect. Praise God. But even more, that should be our heart's desire that he flows out of us just like it's the natural thing like getting up in the morning and going and brushing your teeth. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W3B1.